podcast from Green Curtain Theatre. From time to time we run writing competitions. The subject for this year's was Leaving and the winner was Rosanna McGlone-Healy from Lincolnshire. Before I speak to Rosanna, we're just going to hear that winning entry performed by Justin McKenna. God, it's Baltic up here. I need to hop up. (sighs) Flecks of sea spray lick my cheeks. I stick out my tongue to taste the saltiness. A wee girl appears from nowhere, pointing and giggling and tugging her mummy's arms. (laughs) In the distance I can see the tower, orange bleeding across the sky. Go on, have a wee hoke. I couldn't have done this any other way. It wouldn't have been right. A plain getchy place as I. But this time, it's not just the arrival. It's the journey. And it's been a long journey, I can tell you. I've left my mommy and Plunkett and Maureen and Mickey, Lucia and wee Bernadette back in Dromore. What time is it? Aye. Mum will be up by now. The cows need milking, so they do. She'll maybe have seen the envelope, but she wouldn't have opened it yet. Then she'll be going up to St Dimpness for morning mass. I was an altar boy there, you know. Every Sunday, eleven o'clock sharp, I was there on my knees, prostrating myself before Jesus and the Virgin Mary and God knows how many statues. And back again at five for the benediction, swinging me incense like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> and now there won't be. Not for me. Not a St. Dimpton's, that's for sure. Nor any Catholic church. When I get off this boat, everything's going to change. In my head, it already has. Daddy died last May. An aneurysm. One minute he was in his armchair, cheering Ballymena, thrashing the crusaders. The next he was slumped with his head back. Mommy shook him and shook him. But he was dead. It was desperate. Don't get me wrong. I loved my daddy. But he was a wee bag of weasels, so he was. And if he'd ever thought I wasn't his big lad, he'd have decked me one right enough. I could never have done this if he had been alive. It started when Mummy and Daddy were out visiting Uncle Jimmy's place. I was nine. We'd been sent home early from choir. I crept into Maureen and Lucia's wee room and sat at the dressing table. There were lots of bits of makeup scattered across it. Stuff Aunt Emer had given our Maureen when they were nearly finished. Mummy didn't approve, but what could she do? Everyone loved Aunt Emer. No one could say no to her. At first, I just sat there, dazed. It was like I was in a sweetie shop, only the shopkeeper had gone home, so we had. I stared at them in wonderment. Bubblegum pink. Plumful. Sateen promise. Burnished bronze. Shy, 
time shimmer. I reached out for one. Pink candy. I sat there with it in my hand, feeling the smooth tube round it like a bullet. Just holding it in my warm palm like my daddy held a pint. And then I took off the end and raised it to my lips. I had to twist it really far around to find the tiny pink nub sticking out like some rude temptation. <laughs> and temptation it was. I felt like Jesus in the desert, only without his willpower. I had no idea what I was doing. I was so scared my hand was shaking, so it looked pretty wobbly. But I tell you, when I looked at myself in the mirror, it felt fantastic. The next time I went a step further, I tried on our Maureen's bra. I touched my breast beneath the soft white cotton. My body tingled as if a huge current was coursing through me. For the first time in my life, I felt alive. I was terrified though that someone would catch me and then I'd be dead. But they never did and it became a habit. Every Saturday, when everyone was out, I'd slip into the girls' room and live. Why have you waited so long? That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Well, I found a clinic on the internet four years ago and I've been saving up ever since. Nearly 20 grand. A lot of money. When Daddy died, I was still nine grand short. And then they read the will. And to Dermot, I leave one-sixth of the farm and £10,000. So here I am, trekking across water, like some almighty birth canal, so it is. Uh, oh, look at these big hands of mine. I'm not sure they'll be able to do anything with those. But the rest of me? Aye. It's been a rebirth, all right. You know, they'll change me on the outside, but you know, it'll still be me on the inside. The same Dermot I've always been. Oh. Wherever you are, Daddy, this is me. Oh God, Daddy, you never understood, but nothing changed, not really. The only thing that really changed is you. I'm hoping Mommy and the girls and Plunkett will forgive me. That one day they'll understand and there'll be no more pretending, so there won't. Oh, jeez, I couldn't have done this in more. And not because there's no clinic either. I've been waiting my whole life for this. This is who I am, right enough. So you see, I'm not really leaving. I'm coming home, so I am. I'm just coming home. It's been a long journey, so it has. Rosanna, you present us with a very warm and vivid picture of rural Irish life. Where did you get your ideas from? 
my grandfather came from Oma County, Tyrone, and we spent a lot of time there when I was growing up. I think one thing that strikes me now looking back is, is the insularity. Um, Uncle Jimmy had a farm out at Jamore, and it was, it was a very uh, agricultural environment. There was, that we didn't have the same lack of, we didn't have the same mobility that we have nowadays. I think the thing that I, I recall most of all, though, was the huge influence of the Catholic Church. I had one great aunt who was a nun, Auntie Ina, another Auntie Bernie, who used to house young priests, so it was very ingrained. Your character in this piece is very well drawn. Is it based on anyone you know? When I was trying to think of a reason why you might need to leave now, I remembered a, a situation with a friend's brother from my youth, probably 30 or so years ago, who came to a party dressed in full makeup and women's clothing, which struck me as absolutely incredibly brave, particularly at that time, that this was probably 30 years ago. And to, to me, the story is really about courage and having the courage to be yourself. To me, this seemed like the final taboo. I think it's very difficult to underestimate the, the amount of pressure that, that the church has put on people over the years, whether it be the 16-year-old the unmarried mother, the, the person who wants to have an abortion, the person who, who realises that they're gay. Um, and as the theme was coming home, this journey seemed to represent the biggest journey that one could possibly undertake. So that's why I chose it. What does it feel like to hear your work being performed by an actor? I'm a bit of a control freak, so it's quite nerve-wracking to see what happens when you hand your baby over. Do the actors get it? Which actually means, does the director get it? However, it was absolutely terrific to hear Justin performing, just coming home. Interestingly, it wasn't how I had envisaged it, but I, I loved it. I was very grateful to Justin McKenna there. We've been asking all our interviewees to... Tell us the name of a poem or a song that means something to them. And you've chosen Digging by Seamus Heaney. Perhaps you could tell me why. Yes, I chose Digging because I, I feel that it's something that speaks to me about my heritage and about my pride in, in my mother in the same way that it speaks about Seamus Heaney's heritage, although obviously they were very different upbringings. Um, but I think there's that sense of pride in the hard work of my mother, who, who herself wanted to be a writer and who brought up nine children almost single-handedly because her, her husband died um, very young. And there's also that idea that I was the first from our family to go to university. And at the time, that seemed quite a big thing. Um, and it kind of put you in this limbo, in this sort of no man's land. I, I went to a grammar school and then I went off to university to study law. And you kind of very much obviously wanted to be part of your family, but you were also moving into this different world. Thanks, Rosanna. We'll now end this piece by listening to a reading of Digging by Seamus Heaney. And thanks very much. Digging. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests, snug as a gun. Under my window, a clean rasping sound when the spade sinks into gravelly ground. My father, digging. I look down till his straining rump among the flower beds bends low, comes up twenty years away, stooping in rhythm through potato drills where he was digging. 
the coarse boot nestled on the lug. The shaft against the inside knee was levered firmly. He rooted out tall tops, buried the bright edge deep to scatter new potatoes that we picked, loving their cool hardness in our hands. By God, the old man could handle a spade, just like his old man. My grandfather cut more turf in a day than any other man on Toner's bog. Once I carried him milk in a bottle, corked sloppily with paper. He straightened up to drink it, then fell to right away, nicking and slicing neatly, heaving sods over his shoulder, going down and down for the good turf. Digging. The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the curt cuts of an edge through living roots awaken in my head. But I've no spade to follow men like them. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests. I'll dig with it. This has been a Green Curtain Theatre podcast, recorded in March 2019. Visit our website www.irishinlondontheatre.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the podcast service to be informed about new episodes as they are released.